0: Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth, consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan.
1: When you're doing well is the time to sell, and where there's no passion, there's no profit.
0: Today on episode 517 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the president of Peterson Acquisitions, Chad Peterson. I'm going to ask Chad why business owners are so reluctant to talk to an expert about the value of their business and much more. You can find out more about Chad along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Would you like to see new leads in five days for your consulting, coaching, or individual service business? Our friends at SiteHub have a system for acquiring leads for new clients. For our listeners, SiteHub is offering a free sales readiness evaluation. To get your free evaluation, go to smashingtheplateau.com slash hub. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash sitehub. Now let's welcome Chad Peterson. Chad is an expert business broker and the founder of Peterson Acquisitions, an award-winning M&A firm. Chad's firm handles transactions, that are in the $1 to $25 million range, and some deals exceed $25 million. He works with companies all over the U.S. and has completed international deals as well. Peterson Acquisitions was recently named by one publication as the number one-ranked business broker in the United States. Chad, welcome to the show. Great to have you on.
1: Thank you for having me, David.
0: It's my pleasure. Chad, you've had a lot of enviable accomplishments in your business life. You've built and sold six of your own businesses. You're an author of two books. You're the host of a podcast. How have you managed to set yourself apart from other entrepreneurs?
1: I set myself apart from other entrepreneurs by determination and tenacity. I have, I have grit. I have nothing but grit, really. I mean, if, if somebody says you can't do it, I just say, watch me. And it, it fuels me. I have a burning desire to work and to do the most that I can. While most people, not just self-employed, but I would say most people in general, they want to do just enough, just enough to get to a certain point where they feel comfortable and, you know, they can relax. And I don't really have that in me. I want to do as much as I can as go as far as I can go before my eyes close. And that's just my mentality. So I think it served me in the self-employment world.
0: Now, in terms of of, uh, capacity, certainly doing more than most people are willing to do can set yourself apart. One question I have that comes to my mind is, in business and in life, there's this um, this sort of 80-20 rule that 80% of our success comes from 20% of our activity. And I wondered how that might fit into your own philosophy of grit and perseverance and and going beyond what other people typically do.
1: Sure, it does. I mean, you know, 80-20 rule is real. I mean, it's a very real thing. And let me give you an example. I, I make a lot of phone calls. If I told you the number, you probably wouldn't believe me. I make a ton of phone calls. And it might be an old, outdated, antiquated method of business, but... Today, I'll make at least 60 cold calls today. And I just don't find people out there that are willing to do that. So I would say in the last year, I probably made somewhere around 7,000 cold calls. And if you're willing to do that, great. I just don't, don't see that many people that are willing to do it. And that's been a differentiating factor for me, for sure. And not only that, but you know, to do the podcast that I do, to do the cold calling that I do, to do the follow-up that I do, using a CRM, of course, because without a CRM, I wouldn't be able to keep track of all this stuff. The human brain just isn't, doesn't have that working load capacity. But um, the cold calling and the tenacity to stay after it uh, is, is what has separated me from the pack. Mm.
0: Well, it certainly takes a lot of perseverance to be successful as an entrepreneur. It's way harder than being an employee. I think any entrepreneur has been on the show, talks about this, and I suspect you would probably agree with that.
1: I would agree with it. I would say that the actual responsibility, the load of responsibility is far greater for an entrepreneur. I think that working for somebody else is harder, though, because I don't want to be there when they want me to be there. I don't want to do what they want me to do. And that's what an entrepreneur is. They want to go their own way and do things the way that they see that it needs to be done. And so you live and die by that sword as an entrepreneur. So it's, yes, it's harder to be self-employed, but if you're an entrepreneur, truly, it's almost impossible to be on somebody else's program.
0: Right, that actually is the flip side of it, which is people that are diehard entrepreneurs rarely make good employees. They generally don't want to be employees and most employers don't want to hire them.
1: Absolutely, I am so unemployable, it's unbelievable.
0: Uh, so let's let's talk about a little bit about some of the kinds of businesses that you've been in. so you've bought and sold six of your own businesses. What do they have in common?
1: I actually built and sold them uh, oftentimes I built them with a shoestring budget. The only business that that I built uh where I uh, borrowed any money or anything like that was a mortgage company and I built that mortgage company from two thousand and two to uh, 2008, whenever the crash happened, and I borrowed $60,000 to open that business. But most of the businesses were just started from a shoestring budget. When I was younger, I built a lawn and landscaping company, and I sold it. Built a window cleaning company, and I sold it. I built, that was just when I was younger, you know, just small little businesses to, to get me through. I became a commercial pilot in uh, Florida before 9-11, and so I opened up a window cleaning company because that's how I could... Maximize my schedule. You know, I could go work for three hours and make more than most did in two days, and still make it to my flight training, my ground school, and my flight time. So, I did that. I I lost my career in 9/11 because the only job I was ever going to have was being a being a pilot, and that fell through in 9/11. So, I got out, and uh, a buddy told me about what he was doing. He was in the mortgage business. I went over to his office. I checked out what it was all about and saw that I could do this, saw that I could open up my own. So I did, I built it to 120 employees. We were doing anywhere from seven to $10 million a year. And I was just crushing it and, uh, opened up a title company, you know, cause if I'm going to be doing the mortgages, I might as well be you know, doing the title work. It just made sense. So opened up the title work or the, the title business and, um, After all that was over, I started a a contracting business after the downturn of 08, helping people with projects on their house. And then we had a drought in 2011, and I uh, started a concrete leveling company. So I would say none, none of them have anything necessarily in common. They're all just something that I saw the market needed and that I could fulfill that need. And I went after it with the gusto and determination of a madman. And made it happen.
0: And Chad, is there a, a rationale behind the selling of multiple businesses? So you've built them from scratch, generally without any any outside investment. Is there a reason why you rather than continuing to operate them, you opted to sell them?
1: Well, I believe there's builders and there's sellers. I believe that there's a differentiating differentiating factor between a business owner and an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Through and through. I can build it. Let's just say it's a 12 rung ladder. I can build it to the fourth or fifth rung, but that's about as far as I'm going to go. I'm going to build it and I'm going to have the, the passion to get it there and probably be done with it. My passion will be, will be burning out around the two and a half, three year mark. And that's when a business owner needs to come in and do the day to day. I think business owners are a little bit more managerial than what an entrepreneur is. An entrepreneur sees a hole and fills it. He goes after it. He's the crusader, the pioneer of it. But you know, an entrepreneur shouldn't be, in my opinion, shouldn't be an operator of a business. It's just, it's just not the same hat to wear.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting perspective, and um, and one that I don't actually hear a lot of people talking about.
1: Well, I would say that in my in my Tenure anyway. I mean, I with what I've done and everything I've done, I mean, I look back and, you know, I had a lot of ideas and goals with every one of the businesses that I built, like I was going to keep running it. And the problem with an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur gets excited about a new opportunity, whereas a business owner, they're a little bit closer to the management role where they can do the day to day grind it out thing. And that's wonderful. I mean, it takes all kinds but absolutely, you know, it's a, that Albert Einstein quote, you know, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish's intelligence on, a, on its ability to fly, it will be stupid. You know, it's it's one of those things, you know, know where you're supposed to be, I guess, is the point of the conversation at this point point. You know, know know your role. And I, I did know my role. I just knew that I would build it, get it to a certain revenue amount and then sell it off to somebody that could take it to a higher Higher level because it's, it's a lot harder to start one for a lot of people. And for me, it's a lot harder to keep managing a business because, like, it's like a tired.
0: When did you realize that you were better at that early stage getting it off the ground?
1: Mm, I think I always knew it. Actually, I knew that I could get it going, get a name for myself, get it established, get clientele, figure it all out the pricing, the marketing, all that. I knew I could do all that, but just Every, every day, day in, day out, it, it bores me. So I, I, I always knew it. But I think, I think it smacked me in my face whenever I was running the mortgage company because it was making so much money. I, I was like, why in the hell would I sell my business? And man, did I learn that lesson well. And you know, my business was worth eight or $10 million and I could have sold it within 90 days, but it was making me so much money. Why would I have sold it? It just didn't make any sense. And now I look back and that, that actually has helped me in my career with helping people sell their business because when you're doing well is the time to sell. Be, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense, right? Like, well, we're not doing very good. I guess we'll sell. Well, who's going to buy it and what bank will get behind it? Probably nobody. So it only makes sense that whenever the, whenever the milk is coming coming strong out of the cow, that's the time to sell it. And I didn't do that. I just, I just thought I'd hold on to it.
0: How reluctant do you find other business owners are to sell when when the milk is coming out of the cow?
1: They're very reluctant. It's it's unanimous. It's We're doing so <laughs> well right now. I th- I'll check back with you in a year or so. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're going to check back with me whenever you're not doing great? You're going to check back with me whenever this economy goes into a winter? You're going to check back after you've lost the passion? And they're very reluctant. And what I try to tell them is, when you're doing well is the time to sell and where there's no passion there's no profit so when i look at profit and loss statements i can see the time whenever they lost the passion if they called me in 2015 and were considering selling it now they call me in 19 they've blown far past the exit of burnout and they're running on fumes and i can see it in their profit and loss so there's a time for everybody to engage in the process of selling, and it has to do with the subject surrounding passion and how well you are doing while you still have as much passion as you do for it.
0: Chad, when when did you decide to become a business broker?
1: I had helped other people for free. You know, that is the worst position to be as a free consultant. And I was helping people with their business, I had gotten a name for myself that I could build businesses and sell them. And I I had friends coming to me and, hey, help me and do this and the other. And finally, it, it was suggested to me very lightly. It was just a whisper from a friend of mine. So, Chad, you know, you're so good at this. Why don't you help other people do it? So I did. And that was back in 2007, 2006, somewhere around there that I had really started doing it for other people. And then it just grew into a, you know, it just took off, you know, uh, once I started building a book of business and the business was born just off of that small whisper that a friend gave me.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And in terms of fueling your own passion, how does helping other people buy and sell businesses compare to your own passion of building your own businesses?
1: Well, I look at it like this. I've built and sold so many companies and I've ran them. I've done really well at them, but I I think I'm more the coach now. You know, there's, there's, there's other players on the field. I'm not, I'm not interested in hitting the bat, you know, hitting the ball with the bat or running and grabbing the ball. I'm interested in coaching other people. So I'm on the sidelines now helping other people that still want to play. That's the way I look at
0: it. Mm -hmm.
1: And everybody needs a coach. I'm a, I'm a wonderful coach when it comes to these discussions, helping people understand their passion, where they're at, what they want to do. You know, a big thing that I do, David, is I show people how to take their the money from this business that they have and move on up. You know, I teach them how to go to new heights. It's kind of like a starter home. If you go buy the first home you ever lived in, why would you live in that home forever? You probably wouldn't. you probably live in it for 10 years gain some equity, sell it, and move into a bigger house, more room, more amenities, and uh, maybe less of a payment You know, because you're going in with equity. Uh, it's that kind of thing. So I can help somebody sell their business for a million and go show them how to make a million dollars a year with that money. And so I help people move on and up after they sell their business. I've never retired anybody is my point. So when people say, well, I'm not ready to retire, I'm like, retirement has nothing to do with it. You know, people think that whenever they hit 63 or 65, that they need to retire at a certain age. That's that's not true. Nobody quits working. I sold a business for a 70-year-old man because he was going to retire. And he had me convinced. That was my first one. And he called me two years later and said, Chad, I'm bored to death. And he actually went and rented out office space, put a couch in there and a TV and a lazy boy. Because he needed to get out of the house, because he couldn't just sit around and stare at his wife all day. So this happens, and you know people get bored, and they think that retirement is going to do them good, and, they, and it just doesn't. So I help them get past the the romance of retirement and just help them move up and make more money and improve their lifestyle many times.
0: And your clients are typically people that that are business owners or have been business owners. They're not gathering, not first-time business owners.
1: No, a lot of the buyers, I think that's what you're speaking to. A lot of the buyers are first-time business owners. A lot of the buyers come out of corporate America. They're tired of having seven bosses. They're tired of, you know, fighting traffic every day, being on somebody else's clock. And they come to me to buy a business. But the sellers are, are who really my audience is I've got 3000 buyers right now my website's crawling all over and I pick up buyers every day people that are looking for a certain industry or a certain genre of business but the sellers is who I work with and I'm helping them sell their business and either improve their lifestyle or improve their their income uh, usually a combo of both
0: yeah are there some basic steps that you walk people through to get them ready to sell and to make the sale as successful as possible
1: it just depends a lot of people contact me because they're ready right now to sell and in that case then i work with what i have because if you haven't let's just say you've been writing a lot of things off you know i was i sold a company not too long ago like i was making a ton of money but he was spending it on himself you know um he had a lake house he had a boat So a lot of his cost of goods sold, a lot of his purchases and things like that were for his lake house and his lake boat. But it's hard to get value out of that if you haven't paid the taxes on it. So if you come to me today and you've been operating your books that way, well, we're working with what we got. But if you contact me now and you're going to be ready in a year or so, then we can start planning for that now and start making sure that you pay taxes. You know, a lot of people make a big deal of exit strategy. You'll hear that all the time. You know, people that say, well, let's talk about your exit strategy. Well, what does that mean? It basically means pay taxes. Quit doing the self-employed thing and beating down your your, your revenue, you know, the taxation on your, on your income by writing everything off. Uh, rather, pay your taxes, show your earnings, and get it ready for maximum value. Whenever you sell.
0: Is there an ideal time to have an initial discussion with you?
1: I think the, I think that every business owner out there should be talking to somebody like me on a yearly basis. I think right whenever you get your tax returns done or right before you do get them done, you should be talking to somebody like me. I think the the biggest thing that I see is that when people want to sell, they're caught flat footed. They're not ready. They have no idea what it's worth. They have no idea of the process. They don't know who they're going to use. They don't know who to trust. They don't know where to even start. But if you talk to somebody like me, I can help you understand the value of your business every single year and make adjustments for it. Most business owners, they sit there and they try to think about whether or not they should sell or not. And what's so comical, but yet so tragic, is that they have no idea what it's worth. If I went to go sell my Mercedes, I could sit here for three months and say, do I want to sell it? Do I not? Do I want to sell it? Do I not? Well, what am I missing? I'm missing the price tag. If my, if my Mercedes Benz was worth what I wanted it to be worth, I'd probably sell it right now. Most business owners forget the price tag because they're not talking to somebody like me. They have no idea what it's worth. You cannot decide to sell something unless you know the value. And I estimate that business owners have hundreds, 200, maybe 300 hours of thinking about whether they want to sell their business, yet they have no clue where to start, no clue as to what it's worth. And I think that's a a tragic, yet for me, somewhat comical event that I see regularly. They've been thinking about selling it for two years, but yet have no idea what the price tag would be. How can you even do that? How can you decide to sell if you don't even know what it's worth?
0: Yeah. So why do you think they're so reluctant to have that conversation with somebody like you.
1: I think that it ends up holding on to them like electricity does. I think a business that's doing well, I think it ends up owning them and they're scared of change. I think the fear of the transition is why they don't call me. I think they need I think they think that they're stepping up on a ledge and they're going to be jumping off of the cliff if they call me. It's just not the case. What I do is I educate sellers on what their business is worth and so they can decide when the right time to sell is. I will almost always tell them, how passionate are you about this? One to ten. Oh, I'm like a seven. Okay. Then what was your passion whenever you started? Oh I was a 10. Okay. Are you sure you're a seven? Or maybe when you started this you on a one to ten you were a fifteen. You know, because a lot of entrepreneurs, I mean that's what it takes, you know, on a one on a one to ten scale, you gotta be a fifteen or a twenty to actually Make the business happen. Uh, one of the people that I'm most impressed with today is Elon Musk. I mean, this guy—you know, this this guy has passion melting out of him when it comes to what he does, and he will—he will do anything on the planet to get his goals accomplished. And let's just say that he's not passionate about it anymore. I guarantee that business of his won't be going as well. You know, at, at some point, you've got to get out of your own way. And the best way to do that is to contact me and know what it's worth today, know what it's worth next year or whenever. That way you can make a better informed decision.
0: So Chad, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed or get in touch with you, how would they do that?
1: Go to petersonacquisitions.com and go to get the book actually, because I'm going to give your your listeners a free downloaded book. If they just go to get the book at petersonacquisitions.com, fill out the contact form uh, not only will I be in contact with them, but I will send them the copy of the book and I can help them understand the value of their business. But By the way, whenever I help somebody understand the value of their business, I don't charge for that. I only get paid whenever I sell somebody's business. So I think that's another thing. You know, that's, a, that's reluctance within business owners. They don't want to call because they think they're going to get charged for it. and Maybe they're not ready to sell yet. So they think they just get confused. The business ends up grabbing them. They get confused as to whether or not they should sell or not, and they don't have a good guide to help them. But I can, I help them and I don't charge them for that along the way.
0: Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Thank you. Oh, Chad, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. It's been a great discussion about um, really w- what it takes to be an entrepreneur, a business owner, and also what it takes to fuel the kind of success that you want to have for yourself.
1: Uh, Thank you for having
0: me on. Thank you. Thanks again, Chad, for joining us. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how to maximize the sales value of your business and much more. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.